0: Highly Enthused, a shortcut to things worth consuming, presented by two women named Sophie who spend too long on the internet. I'm Sophie Roberts. And I'm Sophie McComas.
1: Welcome to another episode of Highly Enthused. We're really excited today to have our first guest on the podcast, Elle McClure, the Culture Director for Elle and Harper's Bazaar Australia. Welcome. Hey
2: guys, thanks for having me.
1: So, Elle, you look after the culture and travel pages that covers TV, musicians, the arts and art, books, food
2: trends, drink trends, tech, travel, everything. Yeah. That sounds like a lot. It is a lot. It is a lot. But I feel like there are lots of fun ones and kind of things that I lean toward anyway, so sounds so, like the most fun ones. Yeah. Yeah, we're thinking of guests to have on the show
1: and you came up instantly because who better to have someone that really covers culture as a as a job? Professionally instead of as highly <laughs> enthusiastic amateurs. <laughs> like the most highly
2: enthusiastic is someone who gets paid to be highly enthusiastic about these things. I have a lot of recommendations to push onto people, so it's nice to have an outlet for Great. this kind of things instead of just my friends and family and We sent Elle
1: a list of questions and she came back with the most incredible response with lots of exciting stuff. I just I did 50 things to my Goodreads, so it was a good day for me. Maybe, before we get into it, can you tell us a bit about your day-to-day? Like, what what does being a culture director involve?
2: Right. Um. Yeah, so I guess they straddle kind of the two titles, which aren't too dissimilar. Elle is thought of as being slightly younger, really covering off everything that's sort of new, and I like to think that our reader is quite, you know, tech-savvy and across... Just a lot of really interesting things and, you know, the latest restaurant, she's probably been to it, latest app, probably already has it downloaded, that kind of thing. I think in this day and age, you know, if you're putting out a print product and sort of asking people to to hand over money for content that can be widely accessible for free, you need to make sure it's interesting and good quality and give her or him something that they aren't getting elsewhere. Yep. What do you do when you get to the office? So when I first get in, I try to read quite widely across the internet. Uh, we also have... The entire internet. The entire, the, the, <laughs> the, the whole thing, yeah. yeah. Um, no, I kind of have go-to sites, The New Yorker and Atlantic, and love a good long read that I never have time for and, you know, just shelf for a good few days before I can actually get to it print magazines as well uh try to be across range of what's going on here and overseas so lots of reading try to take in as much as I can and then the usual emails all of that Um, is your inbox a total nightmare or yes yeah yeah, but I try not to be too influenced by that and try to take in a lot of what interests me and what I think interests our readers yeah how do you kind of decide what makes it to your pages and I won't say who they are but I have about three to five people that I try to think of anytime I'm writing something so if it kind of would be up to scratch or something that they would be interested in then that's kind of the the checklist I guess that's kind of the criteria
0: I feel like that's a great way to do it it's so hard to do general like if you've just got like a yes. generic description of a person you're like oh they might like this I don't know everyone's got a few weird sides to totally. <laughs> them, totally. if you have a specific person in mind it's so much easier to go yeah that would that would
2: they would do this they'd be interested yes yeah. and you're never going to be able to please everyone or appeal to everyone and and you know sort of know you have feedback and research on who the reader is I guess so yeah. Uh, it's nice to have access to that kind of thing and know that you're yeah. talking to. And you know, we have great teams who've been working on both brands for a very long time and can go confidently. And yeah. there comes a point where you could deliberate over something all day. It's a point where you just go, all right, so we're doing and it's so, going to print. Yes. Yeah, can't get it back. Yeah,
0: just <laughs> really like I guess develop that tr- gut instinct trust of like, I know this is fine. Yeah, this this is. There's three of the five people in my head would be into this. I can. <laughs> we can go with totally,
2: this. totally, and you know just. Do something different next month. Yeah. yeah. If I'm interested in it and my friends are interested in it, then hopefully yeah. the reader will be too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like so far, so good. Yeah.
1: you <laughs> <It's> doing okay. <laughs> Something's working. Yeah. Do you have a particular section of your remit that you
2: really love? Like, is it books or is it travel? Or? I think the ones that mean that I get to talk to interesting people. So often their film and television profile, you know, tied to a film that's out or an amazing show that's out. Um, because you get to talk to actors and actresses, but you know there's plenty of other very interesting people who aren't necessarily on your screen or try to hero women who are doing really amazing things, and you might not necessarily hear about, but they're really sort of at the the forefront of what they're doing and have really great stories to tell. Definitely, that's why we are having you. On
0: the show. <laughs> <laughs> same motivation for us. So. How about we get into the recommendations? We are going to get the professional view, our guest list, as we have decided to call it. So do you want to dive in with your first recommendation of
2: something to drink? Yes. So last year I went to... Italy for the first time. Such a and place to go. Yeah, who knew?
0: <laughs> Apparently it's a discovered thing. Italy for the first time.
2: <laughs> no one has ever heard of this magical place until 2018. <laughs> Italy is not my recommendation, although obviously I would recommend that, but my travel companion who is also a really good friend of mine was a lot more in the know than I was and it was all across Amaro. <sighs> The best drink. Which (laughs) Yes, I have since discovered and was basically having us drink a different kind of amaro after every meal, depending on where we were.
0: I think it's the most civilized way to end a meal. In Italy it's like you ask you get a limicella, you get an amaro, everyone's like, of course you do, you need to digest. We're gonna sit for an hour. It's legitimately good for your digestion. Yes. Like it is. There are (laughs) herbs in there that help your digestion i think it's just the sitting and drinking after <laughs> eating the carbs just for like a solid 45 minutes before you get up and leave the table and go to bed that helps but it's a nice nightcap yeah so what ones yes. did you discover so we were discussing the amaro montenegro which i have here that we might yeah
2: yeah i think that was kind of my starter one which i think you got me onto that gateway originally. amaro and it was basically cough syrup but for yes. adults <laughs> yeah. which i think is great which is yeah. kind of how it was pitched. she's like you like it it's fine Yeah. So that was kind of the first one. And then we tried a bunch of others, which I probably couldn't recall. But when I came back, I sort of feverishly was looking up alternatives. And there's actually some really great Australian producers that I don't know if they technically count as Amaro. I discovered also that Amaro just means bitter. In oh. Italian. But I got a bottle of the Adelaide Hills Distillery. So they do one that's just called the Bitter Orange. Um, maybe they can't technically call it an Amaro, but it basically is. It's delicious and it's kind of just nice on the rocks. Or... Yeah, good sub
1: in a Negroni in place of Campari. Totally. It's a bit lighter totally. and, and just more
0: refreshing. Campari is pretty sticky. It tastes heavy if you're not
1: yeah. for it. There are some good Australian Negronis on the market at the moment that have all these awesome Australian Amaros and,
0: and spirits in them that are just way lighter and so much easier to drink. Yeah. What was it? It was the Adelaide Hills Distillery. You said had a... The yes.
2: Orange. So it's just called the Bitter Orange. It's mm. kind of nice with a, a nice craft soda. Bit of... Orange wedge. Yeah. Orange wedge. That's great. I've also got the Bar Americano do their own amaro Bar americano in melbourne i should say they also have an amaro of the week which Mm. i think is quite cool cool that's such a cool bar if it's like eight people i've actually never been and every time i go down i have to go to bar americano this time and sort of never make it but (laughs) and i just love apparently they do they just bring out they don't really do food but they just bring out plates of sandwiches do they? for people for free and it, yeah. so if you're drinking there every now and then just soak up the alcohol they just, just, just i don't know going. whatever <laughs> yeah whatever feelings they have going They can't take photos in there either. really yeah which mm. i think is quite cool very cool mm. so you can't take a photo of your amara but you can you can just you can you drink it, enjoy it. and enjoy it yeah. Yeah. yeah um but yeah so they do um they do a bottle and i have a bottle that's sitting at home so i will try that next i think yeah
1: What about on the read list? What if you... I'm sure you read, like, all day, every day. The read
2: list, yes, I do. And sometimes I have to skim-read things. So if something piques my interest, then it goes on the Goodreads list. Are you sending books a lot from publishers? I actually sent out a bit of a request to say that... I mean, that is kind of the standard protocol they would um, send out. um, Galleys or fate. Yes, yeah. And I made a bit of a request for want of being a bit more environmentally conscious at the beginning of the year, because a lot of them, you know, some of them are really great. You discover some really amazing books, but a lot of them, not everything can go into the magazine. Unfortunately, I wish it could, but um, yeah, not everything can kind of make it in, and it felt a little bit wasteful. So now I try to be quite discerning and, yeah, you know, and read up well. on something first before yeah. I make a request. Yeah, because unfortunately, you don't get a chance to read everything. You obviously want to support the great. Authors, and you know, every now and then you might sort of get sent something that you wouldn't have otherwise thought of. But yeah, I try to be a bit conscious of that. But uh, one that I have loved lately is called The Farm, and it's by an author, Joanne Ramos, is her debut novel. And it's this really interesting concept. So it's about this a sort of young woman who is an immigrant to the US. She's a Filipino woman. She's, you know, not super well off, kind of in the throes of poverty and gets suggested that she sign off for this program where she'd be a surrogate mother to a relatively wealthy couple's baby yeah it's called um,
0: handmaid's
1: tale
2: <laughs> yes yeah i feel like nowadays anything with pregnancy involved you're like mm, everything outward just, she's <laughs> around the corner it's <laughs> kind of anything that kind of be tipped like the next handmaid's tale so yeah so she essentially goes to the farm it's that, that farm. is called <laughs> it's called golden oaks a little while in you get the different perspective of the woman who uh, she's kind of like a property developer i guess and she is developing golden oaks and it sounds like super goopy and they have their exercise tracked they have their eating tracked they sort of get put onto this um you know health and wellness program and they sort of get forewarned that people will know when they're not following it and there'll be these retributions and they're promised this looming large sum of money at the end um and if they don't stick to everything then the threat is i guess that they don't get that and i'm about a third of the way through it is sort of just a lot of interesting commentary on the way that those things can be policed um, yes yeah. I think it's a bit different in
0: Australia because I don't think you, you can do- legally pay someone to be a surrogate in you Australia you can
2: cover e- their yeah girls. you can't I can't even I don't think you can take like flowers to the hospital because really? it's seen as a gift, a gift. Yeah. Oh God. yeah I mean I'm not super well versed on it but that's my understanding yeah so that is the farm and i believe the author is joanne ramos yeah when i saw it on the list i put it i'm on hold
0: at my library (laughs) oh great
2: i feel like libraries are a forgotten very valid not on this
0: podcast (laughs) (laughs) i talk about it all the time yeah you do i
1: i'm yet to join i need to get on the bandwagon i'm a member of not one but two libraries well that's just selfish.
0: No, it's just the joy. So any- you
2: monopolize the holds all over the city. <laughs> Pretty much. I feel like it's very of our generation though to feel as though we've it's not good. saying you feel as though you do invent you know kind of you know it's reinvented like, the wheel of this libraries really but...
0: disruptive startup where um one person pays for all the books and you just have a membership and you just borrow what
2: you need it's like really sustainable it right? does
1: sound like a good startup idea like in the modern
0: age yeah,
2: i feel as though there's so many things you could just like repitch with yeah. a sustainable slant. someone yeah. was talking
0: about how if you you know because like when i was a kid we had a milkman who used to pick up the glass bottles and deliver oh, yeah. fresh ones and someone's like you could repackage that now like a startup <laughs> for like sustainable i was like did, did you... you really where to grow up in warunka you had a, milkman? had a milkman until i was like 12 what yeah and we used to put the glass bottles out with the little foil caps and they mm. pick them up and it was great i think that was like in the 20s no it was recent the infrastructure's still there we can bring it back guys <laughs> but then apparently someone poisoned one once and then it all went to plastic oh well, what about TV and,
1: and shows and things? That must be part of what you cover at Elle and, and Harp is. Yes. Is your
2: Netflix list really long? It is, which is a great thing because I feel as though I can have a day in on a Sunday catching up on my Netflix list. And put it work. (laughs) Basically. (laughs) It's a good idea. Yeah, Yeah. claim your Netflix subscription (laughs) for sure. I'm kind of watching a lot, super into the second season of Killing Eve at the moment, which I love. Phoebe Waller-Bridge is amazing. But I was really into Russian Doll. I'm not sure exactly when it came out. It's been a couple of months now maybe even longer, but it is great. Natasha Leon is genius, incredible protagonist in the show kind of has this near death experience. Well, she has a death experience. Just she death. Dies. she yeah, dies. Yeah. She dies. I'm um, not spoiling spoiler, anything. Yeah, <laughs> it's, the first, it's the first episode. Um, and she comes back. She's at a birthday. She's at her own birthday party thrown by a friend. And she kind of keeps coming back to this point at the party. And I won't give too much away, but she's stuck in a loop. Yeah. yeah. Um, I thought it was just like
0: the perfect binge watch show because there's like eight episodes. I think they're like 30 minutes. So it's like three and a half hours of TV. Yeah it's like a really good amount of time. You don't come stand up feeling like you've never moved oh I watched the whole thing you will go oh into. yeah I said I watched everything <laughs> yeah. it was like perfect for that it wasn't like you're watching 22 hour long episodes over a weekend and feeling drunk yes. by the end of it
2: and they were just really kind of punchy and snappy I don't know about you guys but I felt as though I hadn't watched a show in quite a while where it felt quite modern and you know even when she comes out and her friend is like smoking a joint and yeah. it kind of wasn't such a big deal and it was just sort of very it was very modern and, and it had was a, very much how yeah I think I had a very distinct tone of voice
0: that I recognized but not from tv it wasn't like something you yes. watch like I've seen this before a billion people have done this you recognize as it, like oh this is how living now feels like
2: and like, not in a naff way or a condescending mm. way I'd kind of heard of the show but then I listened to this podcast episode or this interview she'd done with terry gross on fresh air and she was actually talking about how natasha leon was talking about how was basically based off this experience she had where she was addicted to to drugs and i don't know exactly what drug she was hooked on but she basically had this new death experience and it was this amazing story of how she went into her doctor's office with her best friend who just happens to be chloe sevenier
0: yeah.
2: and <laughs> <laughs> um and her doctor was like you could very well die your heart could shut down and this is not looking good you need to whatever you're on you need to stop basically yeah. and this show is quite existential and yeah it obviously you get touches on a lot of things that probably aren't too far from real life yeah
0: uh-huh. i feel like for a show that literally has the main character die in the first episode still manages to have one of the best twists Of any show that I've ever watched. And we won't tell you because it's... If you haven't watched it, like, it's part of the joy of it. It's, like,
2: halfway through, you're like, what the fuck? it totally blows your mind. I think along the way, too, the dialogue is just really clever. Mm. and It's really smart and... Well, apparently, it
0: was an entirely female writing room. Yeah, if you've managed to to. miss it so far, you need to get onto Mm. it. What about on your buy list, Elle? What have you been purchasing?
2: I have been trying to encourage myself to cook more we're on board with that we'll encourage yeah by not actually cooking more yet but buying just lots of things to encourage me to do so so lots of you know fun little plates and serving implements. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. what were you doing before was
1: someone okay. cooking for you or were you like buying takeout or are you just like eating
2: out all the time um thing? I guess I was eating out a lot and just falling into the trap of deliver ruling yeah but kind of recently moved into a new place and feel compelled to have friends over for dinner parties and be that person I've always wanted to be the person who the dinner parties yeah oh no, roast um, chicken no big deal whatever. yeah but yeah it kind of feels like when it's like when you when you sign up to a gym and you buy <laughs> yourself lots of exercise you know like yeah. really chic active wear whether or not yeah. you actually go to the gym is is beside the point but i've actually found etsy to be a really great forgotten yeah source of it's so good it's great
1: it's vintage. a rabbit
0: hole warren of good actually really good homeware stuff vintage yeah. the vintage selection on etsy yeah i feel like the handmade selection on etsy is far more hit and miss but the yeah. vintage you it's almost like being in a good op shop like there's a lot of crap but you can find the good stuff in there really yes well.
2: yes and yeah. if you know what you're looking for which yeah, i feel a is a lot of term. the time you do you know you know exactly what you want or you've seen something and you kind of might not want to fork out 300 dollars for it yeah <laughs> I've got a great version of that on Etsy. But um, I bought a cute little serving plate that I now have my fruit on. um,
1: (laughs) What does it look like? Were you looking for a, a platter specifically that you wanted one in particular? No,
2: it was kind of, which I think is maybe the joy of it. It was just kind of a little flat speckled and the description it said it wasn't even kind of finished it was like a <laughs> ceramic you know maybe experiment it came from a sweet little etsy store and had a little business card inside instagram was at sun folk so it was sun dot folk i followed them on instagram um, oh really yeah they're oh really good yeah, yeah yeah so i, I actually I, I didn't come across them via instagram i came across it via looking for something on etsy and then internet bricks and mortar yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> I haven't attempted it yet, but I read Nadine Levy Redzepi's... Oh, Renee um, Redzepi's wife. Yes. Yeah. Apparently it was the pasta that he cooked for her on their first date. You'd be a goner.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah. you'd already be probably halfway gone and then yeah. he'd cook
2: pasta for you and you'd be like, okay, yeah, fine. When are we getting married? <laughs> well, apparently it's just like tomatoes and basil and vermouth, but she said when she tried it or when he like brought it out. When they were sitting there, she was like, is super simple." And this- like, what? Like, it's not a it's foraged be- langoustine
1: that's <laughs> been fermented for
0: sixteen hours in like kelp. I know you only asked me out last week, but I was expecting like four
2: years of prep for this meal. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, it sounded like she totally kind of underestimated it, but loved it so much that. You know, the next cookbook. thing knew they knew, they got married. Well, I feel like you need good and, plates for that pasta. So well, no yeah. Reset, yeah. You know? When I finally attempt it. <laughs> and I have lots of vermouth. Okay. of some amaro with it. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? disgusting. <laughs> oh, then don't. If it's good enough for Renee, then. Yeah. A friend of mine who I actually uh, was lucky enough to use to work with, she has a great store, which I know you're a fan of too. Sophie, called Details store yes her name is d so it's like a cute little pun on that but she also has a nice kind of collection of of homewares and and fashion too she yep. is a fashion editor does and she through instagram
1: no she has a website but she yeah. has an awesome instagram account yeah. but the cool thing about details is the capsules like they're little collections when she amasses enough stuff she will put it into a collection and release it to the world yeah Um, much like the dress company permanent vacation that you buy from where it's not just seasonal stuff that they put on sale after three months it's just a cool little caption
2: that's a really well edited she's a stylist and has great taste which i feel as though is always a nice thing when you're buying secondhand Mm. well that's half the battle it's like
0: up shopping is really fun and sometimes you're in the mood to just go rummage for like an hour through a pile of like polyester crap that you don't want to find the one like nice silk blouse that someone's grandma like got rid of totally but it's nice when someone else has done that for you when you die and you just
2: want to scroll through instagram and find the next thing that you want to buy and she's that person where she'll look amazing and mm-hmm. be like where do you get that from it's like, oh it's vintage or yeah
1: bought it in Rome at a flea market <laughs> you're like
2: god damn it every time yeah
1: every time
2: and she styles them so beautifully yes that just makes you want them even more
1: so it's got the really cool obscure type of
2: plant or flower in the vase (laughs) it's not just like roses it's something really different yeah she's great so you can find d she's on instagram at the details store love it
1: well, now it's time for the Fast Five. So this is a list of things that we really love, but just don't need to go into that much.
2: And I know you've got a list prepared. Yes. And I'm really excited about this first one. Talk to me about it. So it's not open yet, but there is this bathhouse coming to Melbourne. I believe it might be in Collingwood, called Sense of Self or SOS. And it, I guess, kind of going back to that bathhouse concept that isn't really that big here. You know, it's not a gym. It's more of a, you still get a membership, but it's more of a wellness space. And there's a hamam and there are communal baths. And it's like there might be some, you know, meditation and those kinds of things. So steam room. I love a steam room. Yeah it's just sort of going off what's on their website at the moment i think it's opening later in the year and fingers crossed they open one in sydney yeah shortly after branch out melbourne people need to get behind that so that we can have one too it sounds great i just kind of love their whole vibe it looks sort of quite female centric and i just like used to
0: float in hot water and pro oh. bath so one that's in the
2: company of strange like relative strangers Yeah, yeah. It's a different outlet for networking what's next what's number two so, so as i mentioned i try to read a lot constantly trying to keep up with the internet yeah <laughs> apparently not all that easy never but, ends, um, <laughs> never ends. <laughs> but i have discovered and there's a couple of these out there but i downloaded one called natural read and it's an app where you basically run the link through and it will read it for you so you can sort of listen to it Kind of like you would a podcast. Oh, wow. I think it just uses the voices that are already programmed into the iPhone, which okay. are a little basic. I think you might be able to sort of pay a couple of dollars more and get some... It's Siri. It's Siri sem- reading your it, <laughs> is, it is basically Siri reading your New York article for you. <laughs> It's kind of good for those ones that you sort of want to take in, but... It might not be like beautiful emotive read. You yeah. can just have serious.
0: That's probably something that was done maybe for people who are blind as well. well who need There's no accessible version of it and they can yes. actually listen to it instead of reading it.
2: And it made me realise how maybe behind the voices are if you're relying on, on that all the time. Yeah, it's
0: it, accessibility on a world with screens is definitely an interesting one. I think that's why audio is so interesting, because it actually gets rid of a lot of those barriers that we've all kind of taken for granted. But for you as well, just cuts down. All that yeah. Reason. When do you listen yeah, the, on your
2: walk to work? Yeah, I've got like a decent walk to work and I might not necessarily be able to have a screen in front of my face, but have things that I still like to read or be across that don't come into audio format so kind of does it for you I've been getting served a couple of others as well that I think the Atlantic or Vanity Fair have done is one that will sort of do a few different publications stories already fed through it but I guess for ease you can just kind of punch anything into this one and it'll It'll read it for you. Fantastic. Do you have a tune out culture? Are you
1: like sometimes like, I don't wanna know what the course new music thing is. I don't want to know uh, what
0: the I just want to watch say. the OC on Yeah. And I think read Agatha Christie. Yeah.
2: I mean, I think there's something nice in just watching old episodes of Friends or was recently introduced to I mean it's still new to me, but obviously not to everyone else, but to peep show or you know, and just kind of take in
0: I don't want to be part of
2: the discourse. I want to yeah. be part of the discourse from 2012 exactly I want to know what they were talking about back then but no I feel like I'm generally quite interested in things that are new and upcoming maybe like I don't feel at this point I need to log on to Game of Thrones it's that ship has sailed and without us yeah in the distance yeah everybody else (laughs) I guess I kind of have to try to discern what I'm interested in but also what is going to be worth my time and you yeah know.
1: you only have so many hours in a day to like read and yeah. listen and watch and yeah. you've gotta be pretty discerning about how you allocate that Time to stuff, I
2: guess. Yes, yeah, yeah. I feel as though I have enough to kind of, yeah, like you say, read, watch. I need to sort of know where to draw the line. And, yeah. <laughs> um, Game of Thrones, unfortunately, is not going to be it. <laughs> <Cutting on four. laughs> so, what's next on your list? What's number three? uh Next on my list is I discovered. I mean, she's been doing it for a while, but it's uh, new to me. Courtney Barnett does this kind of epic rolling playlist that she calls tell me what you're listening to it's on spotify
0: i am a big fan and i know Sophie McComas is also a big fan of the curated playlist by one alex delaney <laughs> don't mention <him> again <laughs> <laughs> But i it's the think, fourth invisible guest. Yeah. <laughs> I mean I like my Discover Weekly playlist that Spotify does, but I think there is something so nice about a curated playlist. Like, it would have amazing taste. Yeah. Like, yeah. And there's I think something in, like as much as we're all trying to get the algorithms to replace everything, when there's someone who actually knows about it and is interested in it as like takes the time to do it it's you can tell
2: yes the algorithm hasn't quite caught up to someone with good taste no not yet so how often does she update it i'm not sure but when i went on the other day it seemed as though it only been updated within the past sort of three weeks she's got some old like Marianne faithful on there but then she's got you know she's got lizzo on there and songs and artists that i wouldn't have even thought that she would i mean she's obviously across everything she's yeah, incredible and doing great things but um yeah kind of more varied taste than i expected and it just hit the nail on the head and i love a, I love a good playlist so that was number three what's number four so number four is esther perel's podcast the premise is that she essentially records these couples therapy sessions mm-hmm. And people sort of had to apply and, you know, they very much know they're, they're being recorded. I would but, hope so. Uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> is very intimate. Um, but you
2: would, you would think that it would change what they are saying or mm. they, that they would be aware of. But they don't seem like they are. It's quite,
0: it's I'm quite candid, of, and they've got a more subtle microphone setup than we have,
1: <laughs> so it doesn't feel as obvious. Yeah, there's that awesome episode where there's the wife can only sleep with her husband when he speaks French to her. Yeah, <laughs> so he just has this
2: alter ego that. I mean, he speaks English most of the time. He obviously knows a bit of French, so he starts speaking in French. Jean Luc, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it, and F's the kind of interprets for him to her mm. and so like he has to do the session in French uh, yes no, just he
1: dips into it
2: yeah and the idea is that it's kind of like Jean-Luc can be his true self whereas right. this man feels as though he can't he can't be his regular persona she's like you're um, just so
1: strong and in control when you're Jean-Luc you're like just yes my normal boring husband when you're
2: like
1: <laughs> speaking
0: in English amazing Um, people are amazing
2: (laughs) yeah so she kind of covers a a real gamut of of things really ticks the voyeuristic box yeah
0: yeah it's like and that thing we've said how like audio is so intimate so if you're listening and like headphones and it feels like you're in the room and you're also like not supposed to be there because it's clearly
2: someone's therapy session yeah you actually feel as though you're a fly on the wall yeah. So where should we begin? I think she's actually doing a um, a new season, which is meant to be about, not as voyeuristic maybe, but she's doing like workplace relationships. She said they're not even necessarily romantic relationships, oh. It's but that's her background. So she's not always been a couple therapist. She's mm. sort of quite... New to that, apparently. Uh, number five was an article I read on Man Repeller. I think I was actually a little bit late to the party with this one. It was from a few weeks ago, but it was about the joy of the joy of hobbies and the joy of being mediocre at things. And it was tagged to Jonathan Van Ness from uh, Queer Eye.
0: Oh, yeah. is um, so his delightful figure skating yes. Like hobby.
2: Yes. And so he, for anyone who doesn't know, which I didn't either, he's taken up figure skating and he's basically taken to documenting like whole process of it and so the article was celebrating or encouraging people to embrace and celebrate just being mediocre at things because and not monetizing it right like not no to make it no career. just having just that idea of having a side hustle for or you know having a hobby and not necessarily making it into a side hustle just the difference <laughs> yeah I think we've lost a bit of that you know everything's sort of for Instagram or everything's to try to turn it into something rather than just enjoying it and maybe actually being quite crap at it because my, let's face it yeah we're all are. gonna be good at everything my favorite way to like do that is to
0: go to life drawing
2: oh uh, I have
0: always wanted to do that at first you're kind of fine because it's just like short poses and you just like scribble and it's fine and then it gets to like two minutes and then it gets to five minutes and then it gets to 20 minute poses and you're like two minutes into your 20 minute pose and you're like well i fucked this this is so bad. and you're looking around and there's always people there who are amazing and you're like you just want to leave and then you just have to sit there and you have to like sit with being bad at it and then it ends up being so enjoyable because by the end of the class you actually kind of find a groove, and if there's a good teacher they'll come and they'll like help you and it's like oh yeah you don't actually have to keep doing things you shit out once you become a grown-up like you just go well I don't do that and you stop and so yeah. it's quite enjoyable to force yourself to just be bad at something and work away at it and maybe never get very good but just do it because it's kind of enjoyable anyway and just this
2: idea that we sort of always you know always life hacking our way to be better at things or be more productive productive. (laughs) yeah we have so many examples for how to do things you know you can look something up on YouTube and yeah no, you know, excuse kind of, to be good
1: yeah. yeah and everyone's like what are you doing next but when are you gonna like take
2: that to the stage yeah, or exactly. whatever she should make an instagram account or like, yeah. like no i just want to draw my shitty drawings and like yeah. never let anyone see and i <laughs> often find that really interesting even with friends on a personal level that you're discovering that they have this hobby that you never knew about because mm. they i mean you know they might actually be quite good at it but they're like no i never sort of felt the need to yeah, it's just mine yeah do you have any there's... secret hobbies <laughs> I do not although I have recently been considering taking up knitting I used to I used to do it when I was a bit younger but as we all want to do there's now like kits that you can buy where like it comes with everything yeah. and you can sort of which you know I'll probably end up getting one and <laughs> <I> try to <laughs> start again yeah that might be my my winter hobby I find as soon as it gets vaguely cold I'm like I should knit a scarf
0: like every every year I'm like that's what I should do this year I just hate the things that I knit though I'm like this sucks I don't want to wear this it's still about embracing the mediocrity yeah Yeah. (laughs) embrace it but don't wear it
1: out of the house (laughs) well on that non-mediocre note Thanks, Elle. Thanks for coming by. Thanks, guys. It's been so nice having you here. Yeah, you can read been... Elle's work in the pages of the other Elle, the magazine version of Elle, and Harper's Bizarre Australia. And we look forward to reading your recommendations every
0: month. Yeah sky if you were to follow us you can follow us at highly enthused on instagram or email us at highly enthused at gmail.com we actually have a newsletter now so you can always check the show notes for our recommendations but you can sign up for our newsletter highly enthused.substack.com so you'll get a weekly rundown of all our recommendations and there's archives on there as well so if you ever desperately want to check something you recommended previously you can go there and find the recommendations that's it thank we'll talk you. To you next week
1: see you later Bye!